0: Let's pray, Father. Right now, we just say thank you uh, for your faithfulness. We thank you for uh, your word. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for saving us. We thank you, God, for your grace and mercy that continues to extend to us uh, the opportunity uh, to to walk in your presence each and every day. And so, God, even as we come and we look at this subject that I know that you have given me to to bring and. Uh, we just want to acknowledge our dependency on you, and I pray you prepare the hearts of all of us to hear what you choose to say to us, and may we be willing to respond in obedience to your word, in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. So, um, <clears throat> if you can bring the PowerPoint first slide, I mean, the, the title slide up, um, <clears throat> and i see the kids. Okay, have left, um, because it's going to be a tough subject, and um, tough subject. It's a matter of life and death, and the scripture that, 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 that we're going to kind of base on and come out of, and we're going to move around to different scriptures. I'm going to ask you to participate because I'm going to call on some of you to read the scripture because we need to begin. Okay, we want everything that we do. And I know you've been taught this here has to be based on the word of God, not your opinion, not your feelings. It's got to be God's word, period. It's not about an opinion. Okay, everything we're going to share this morning is going to be based on scripture. On God, see, because that's what's happening in America today, Christian America. We, we, we're about our opinions. We're about our emotions. and We're about how we feel and, you know, and, 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 and are we being nice and cute and whatever. But, but no, we got to stay on the word and stand on the word of God. I don't debate my opinions. I don't have an opinion when it comes to the word of God. We have to stay with the word. And his word reads this morning. We look at Psalms 139. Very familiar psalm. Amen. Kids at Promise. They're, they have memorized this whole song. Promise Academy. Amazing. You know, I had a chance to go to their fundraiser uh, um, uh, dinner um, last spring, and they had the whole psalm memorized. So bless my heart to hear these little children recite Psalm 139. But 13, he says, For it was you who created my inward parts, as David writes, Right? You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous. And I know this is very, this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret. When I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. This is David writing, right? And he is, he is speaking forth in this psalm a truth, right? That we are made in the image of God. We are made, we were knitted into you. You were a person. See, if you look at this scripture, what this scripture clearly, this passage clearly, clearly establishes personhood in the womb. Personhood. God, it's life is God's idea, not ours. He says, my bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret and when I was formed in the depths of the earth. He's talking about the womb. All this is, is symbolic about the womb. And He says, your eyes saw me when I was formless. Again, when I've said, God, you saw me, you saw me, you saw me. And we see the same thing in Jeremiah 1, 6. Well, God says, I knew you. I knew you before the founding. I knew you. I know. And see, and, 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 and I should not even have to harp on this because this issue as we talk about life and death should not even be a Christian issue. Because this issue of the womb, the child in the womb is a human issue. It is a human issue. It's not even limited to the whole issue of, is it biblical? What's God's view as a human being? Some stuff just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. And I'm talking about the issue of abortion, right? I'm talking about the issue. If you haven't picked up on it, I'm talking about the issue of abortion. We are slaughtering children at this point, and you can argue the numbers, but it's in the neighborhood of over 63 million babies since Roe v. Wade was passed. And see, and we are at a point of insanity. We are at a point of insanity in our nation, period. Not just the whole abortion issue, but you got to come on and have some sense around here and be willing to recognize the fact that we are accepting and embracing some insane mess in our country today. You're an idiot. I just call it, you're a freaking idiot if you don't see this. Straight up. Men can get pregnant. Men can have periods. It's insane, right? I can decide what my pronouns are—male, female—all this crazy stuff. We're coming. Oh, fluid, whatever I want to be today. We got to. We got to stand up, and we got to say something. We cannot longer, no longer, just go along with the flow. Man, it's crazy. It's crazy. And you don't have to even have God to see the craziness of this. You don't have to be a Christian to see the craziness of this. The stuff that we're embracing in our country is insane. And we must wake up and stand up and speak up. It is a matter of life and death. Next slide. As we come to the Scripture, Proverbs 31, 8, 9. Somebody find that, please. Proverbs 31. Let's turn to it. And, and good, I'm glad you got your Bibles. Bring your Word. Be it's on the phone or whatever, uh, on your phone or uh, digital or your paper. Either way, we have to stay with the Word of God. And that's one of the problems with too much in the body of Christ. We don't know the Word. We don't know the Word. We don't know Scripture. And we must stay with the word of God. Proverbs 31. And it's interesting because we mostly know Proverbs 31. Okay, because it's the what? It's the wife scripture. It's the virtuous woman scripture. Okay, but or, 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 or Proverb that we focus on. But look at eight and nine. Read it, Sam. Open your mouth judge Yes. He's like, speak up. For those we have to speak who don't have a voice and tell me who does not have a voice Like a child in the womb who cannot speak for itself. It cannot speak up That child cannot communicate It doesn't even have the opportunity Speak up for this child The eyes and 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 I didn't show you the whole picture because I don't want I don't want to traumatize but we've got to see and we got to understand this is a murdered baby This is a murdered baby. A young African-American baby boy who was slaughtered in the womb. The scripture says, speak up for those who have no voice, for the justice of all who are dispossessed, who've been abandoned. Speak up. God is commanding us to speak up, not to be silent, not to turn a blind eye, not to turn a deaf ear, to speak up. To speak up. Because in the church, so much has happened. Well, we don't want to talk about it. We don't even want to talk about it. We want to ignore it because we're going, around, going along with the culture. We have been so infiltrated by the, by the culture in our churches till it's unreal. And it's because we're silent. We're silent and we don't want to speak up and we don't want to stand up and we just want to go along with the flow because there's been such an attack against the church, such an attack, such an attack, and we don't want to say anything. Why? Or you're being political. Since when is murder of babies political? Since when? It's not. It's not. This is a human issue. This is a human being. You know, I was in Washington, D.C. at the overturn of Roe v. Wade. I was there, and I was brought there for Cal, uh, from a for a ministry in California to speak um, to pro life activist training. And what was I was amazed though because as I'm there, part of this s- selected I guess you call it elite group of people from all over the country, um, I'm there with atheists. Even though it was a Christian organization, and this brother who, who, who's the founder of it, A.J. Hurley in uh, California, he said, listen, brother, we're going to have people that are not even believers. And that's what was so mind-blowing. Matter of fact, the whole team from San Francisco, the whole San Francisco team for Right to Life team, they're, they're atheists. But my point is, they have enough sense to see this is a human being. And they have enough sense to understand we have to fight for life because this is a life and that we're killing these innocent babies. But where are we? Next slide. See? Because of our silence, so much of this is infiltrating the church. This is from the, this is from the Pew Research, which is a nonpartisan, secular, research organization, because we've been silent, so much of this is infiltrating the church, there's a belief that abortion is okay, because we don't talk about it, we don't talk about it, 33%, according to uh, the research, of evangelical Protestants say abortion should be legal, in all and most cases, 33%, you have over a, a third, a third, a third, a third, 63% say it should not be, and 4% say they didn't know. This should not be. That's shocking. Next slide. More. Few U.S. sermons mention abortion, though discussion varies by religious affiliation and congressional size, congregational, congregation size. And so... We don't, even, we don't want to talk about it. I get it. I get it. It's hard. See, because I was going a whole other direction with the message this morning. But God has a way sometimes in the shower. He starts rocking my world record. So I'm showering this morning, which is not, you know, uh, it's my Sunday shower. Uh, and I uh, won't No, just kidding. But, um. But he starts just hitting me, man. He starts that's sometimes like, God, no, not again. You know, because he starts saying, No, you gotta talk on this thing. Because this is hard. I don't wake up and say, whoa, whoa, yeah, I want to be preaching. I'm gonna be preaching about abortion. No, this is heavy. This is hard. And so I get why pastors don't want to preach, they don't want to talk about it, because it's hard. I get it. But it's shocking. It's shocking that even when Roe v. Wade was overturned, many pastors were silent. Were silent. Never mentioned it. And I'm thinking we should be celebrating. Right? Celebrate. And we went to church that next morning in D.C. Right? Where so many of, uh, of even the uh, conservative, Republican, whatever, um, Uh, 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 some of the representatives and senators and their staff attend this particular church and they downplayed it even there even there they downplayed it I was like wow where's the fight God is calling us to fight God is calling us to speak up God is calling us to stand this should not be this is the greatest evil that has ever afflicted our nation. It is the greatest evil that we have ever embraced. There is no other, not even slavery, can compare the murder to the murder of over 63 million babies. Period. Next slide. No, let's see. Hit next one. Let me see. Okay, I got it in my. Life. Okay, this was a post I made, and you can call me—I don't care. I don't care. Call me political. Call me whatever you want to call me. Okay, but when a party is evil and, 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 and if, their entire focus is killing babies, And if you don't believe me, go look at the National uh, uh, Democratic Party platform. Not only are talking about killing babies in America, but they're talking about exporting, where they're putting pressure on different countries, particularly third world countries, okay, that they were going to restrict funding if they don't start implementing abortion. We have to understand what's going on in our, in our world. We have to, go to understand what's happening. We need to understand and know that this is a serious deal, and it is an issue. It is a huge issue in the eyes of God. Huge. And I know it's huge because he won't let me alone with it. And there's so many days I want, I just want, I just want to quit. I want to run. I want to run. I'm so tired of carrying this burden. Because he put this burden on me way back in 2008. I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't looking for it at all. But he has seared my heart with it and I can't. Next slide. You see, and the challenge is Black Lives Matter. It does it. We talk about black lives. And, see, and I want you to see what I'm talking and I want you to see the issues with black pastors. Next slide. See, this, this this brother is a friend of mine. This was his response to, this is his response, and I just copied it straight from Facebook when I posted this. If you call out the Dems for their wrong, then don't, don't appear to be, uh, then don't appear to be self righteous and neglect to highlight the Republicans. I'm sure they're not only being falsely imprisoned. You know they're in jail, right? My point is wrong is wrong. You talk about the killing of unborn babies. Well, let's add to the discussion the murder of innocent young black males. They escape being aborted only to be annihilated and and assaulted. The families lose a son, but the matter gets swept under the rug with a civil suit. Where is the praying of our country uh, of our country post. Where's the authentic discussion regarding racism, grace, and peace? Next slide. This is the other brother. Okay. Next to Floyd. Assistant principal with me at, at uh, Bolton Middle School. And um, Pastor, I think God hates divorce too, right? What about adultery? Okay. What 16,000 lives to date. What does God think about that? I have a few scriptures. Matthew. All right, seven thirty-five, and sum it up. Okay, be blessed and extremely in this extremely political climate. Okay, next slide. The red herring fallacy. That's what this is. Okay, uh, uh, red herring fallacy. Red herring fallacy. When somebody brings up an issue that has nothing to do with the topic. Right. Okay. Okay. You might encounter in essays, speeches, opinions, pieces, and even casual conversations in an attempt to reroute a discussion. From its original topic and focus on something unrelated. See, we have to understand understand that. We need to understand that, how people come. And we do that sometimes. And we need to be cognizant of that. When people, they want to talk about the killing. We're talking about killing babies. Don't bring up all these other issues that have nothing to do with the topic. And my argument to these brothers is even, and these are pastors, okay? These are pastors. These are black pastors. I'll give you that. I'll give you racism. I'll give you that. And that's what I told uh, 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 Curry, College of Baptist Church. calling it out. Baptist. Okay, I, I, I'll give you racism. So you put racism in a balance. Now you put 63 million dead babies in the balance. Okay. So I'm sorry. I don't care how much racism I gotta, you want to claim, 63 million babies is going to always outweigh with any kind of racism you want to bring up. And I can say that as a black man. You probably can't say that white, because they're going call you a bigot racist, right? If you bring it up, okay, you're a bigot racist. That's some of the crazy crap that they're hitting white people with. Okay, they don't give me, I don't want to get the CRT and all this other stuff. That's crazy. Okay, next line. Okay, they brought this brother to town last week. I may have seen my post on Facebook. Last week, this brother came from Atlanta. This was unreal. His name is uh, 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 Jamal Bryan. Pastors of large Baptist church in Atlanta. Look at the video. I mean, it's, it's shocking. It's mind-blowing. Because he gets up in the pulpit and he he rants about how angry and upset he is about Roe v. Wade being overturned. And then right after that, they do a baby dedication. Baby dedication. His brother came to Tyler last week. Came to Tyler election last week. Here's the deal. And I'm sharing it from the black, as a black man, because it is a demonic. And I'm asking for your prayers because it is a demonic. Please understand me. Okay, because I, as it is a demonic, deep, deep, demonic attack on black Americans that we are embracing, that we are doing The enemy has brought us 180 degrees. Okay? The enemy has brought us 180 degrees. What do I mean by that? Okay, because if you go and and study history and understand, America was basically built on the motherhood of black women. You go find pictures of slave women nursing the white babies of their masters. Right, I have heard testimony after testimony of white people talking about how they were raised by black nannies, right? black housekeepers. I remember Brother Bruce uh, in my Sunday school class at Colonial Hill said how he remembered growing up in Memphis, Tennessee, and how his housekeeper... Kept raised him, and he was saved because she shared the gospel with him. And he remembered how he remembered having to go to the back of the bus whenever they got on the bus because he was with her. And he said, "She raised me. I am the man I am today because she raised me." I remember seeing also this wealthy businessman that was being recognized. They had a special program for him in San, in a Corpus Christi. And it was hundreds and hundreds of people there uh, at this, at this uh, 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 celebration. And on the, on the uh, guest table, front guest table, it, it, this little old black woman sat next to him. And he got up and said, basically said the same thing. She raised me. I am the man I am because she raised me. And his own biological mother was sitting in the audience. And the whole place got up and gave, including him. And his mother, tears rolling down her face. At my grandmother's funeral, Dana and Darby Davis got up and testified. Miss Lucille raised us because she was their housekeeper. And while the mother and father, John Davis and uh, Sharon Davis were working, she raised them. And so they testified at her funeral how she raised them. And God showed me that how the enemy has brought us 180 degrees because we were the the African-American. The black woman was the the true foundation of motherhood and child rearing. And now we're killing our own at no other rate. Alveda King, the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King. I have a picture with her and so on I, I and had, so I've had the blessing to be in her presence multiple times. But the point is, she says the most dangerous place for an African-American is in the womb of its mother. Okay, we have killed over 23 million of our own. Our population is declining. Our, our, our percentage rate in comparison with other minority groups is dropping steadily because we're killing our own. We're, over a third of our population is missing. We should be 63 million, we're 40 million in America because we're killing ourselves off. We're doing, Planned Parenthood is doing to the, and we do, we're doing it to ourselves what the Klan could never do. The African American female makes up around 11% of all women having abortions. Yes, she's responsible for almost 40% of all abortions in America today. In 2020, in New York City, more black babies were aborted than that were born. We need to understand what's going on in our country and we have to be willing to speak up. And still, even beyond that, you know that there's there are states that are passing legislation. Colorado has passed it. Seven days after birth, they can let the baby die. California is pushing 28 days. The prenatal, they're, they're operating on the definition of prenatal, and prenatal is up to 28 days. The baby dies if there's a death, the mother cannot be prosecuted. Okay, and you do know that the Republicans in the Senate have been trying to get bills passed and it would not even come up for cloture. It means even to be brought to a vote. Of the, it's called the Infant Born Alive Act, which says that if a, a child survives an abortion, that it has the legal right for medical care. Democrats won't allow it to pass The last the last the last vote for cloture that I looked at 44 every Democrat senator voted against it And Tim Scott Republican black brother from uh, South Carolina in tears Was addressing the Senate videos on, on on YouTube saying this should not even be an issue that we should have to debate We're talking about letting children die That are alive and breathing and out of the womb, but we need to understand what's going on. Um, Next slide. There's a video you can see called "My Alpha 21." If you want to understand the full issue and the target, it's online. It's on YouTube mark crutcher who's executive director at um uh, life dynamics is out of denton texas He's done an incredible job his um couple with him partner with him was carol novelli uh, i was just with her last weekend at a birthday celebration in denton um but they did the research on us it's incredibly made video It's very well documented showing you how Uh, the whole abortion not only the abortion but this thing uh the black genocide has been something that has started even with the end of slavery and they track it all the way through it's called eugenics if you don't understand eugenics the eugenics movement is 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 a movement based on white supremacy and limiting and eliminating primarily here in america um the black population and abortion has been the key to what their their success so but I want you to see, see, because I still see again <clears throat> what grips my heart. And we're gonna play um, the first one. I think it says uh, live action, uh, if you're the video. Because I need you before you bring it up, Tyler. If you find it, I need you to understand what abortion is. Again, it's not gonna be graphic, but hopefully it drives home. Because so many Christians, and I had that's what shocked me. Because I, I talked about abortion in my Sunday school class. Right, and we open up for a discussion. And the brother at the end of it said, Oh, my body, my choice. It's her body, it's her choice. This is Christian. A, This is a Christian. It's her body, it's her choice. Okay? It's not her body. We're not talking about her body. It's not talking about her body. P- play the video. We go.
1: Thank you. Dr. Boyd, Southwestern Women's Options. How may I help you? Hi. Um, I was hoping to uh, schedule an abortion. All right. What was the period? Um, it was like the middle of May, so like May 15th. Probably. All right. So it looks like uh, we can do this for you, but it is going to be a week-long procedure. So if you're able to come next week and we start this on the 12th, um, I'm going to be looking at a fee of $8,000. Oh. Now. Uh huh. Are you still in your chair? Oh, just barely. <laughs> just barely. But what you also need to keep in mind is that every week that goes by, the fee goes up by another
0: thousand dollars.
2: What well, we get is that you're 27 weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, really?
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: So you're about a month. Yeah, actually, you're about a month off in how you thought. Oh, wow. How you were. To insert the injection, it's going straight into the um, into the sac and to the pregnancy. Okay, it's bottom down. It'll insert through the the baby's bottom. Okay. Okay, if so it's. head down, it'll be inserted through the head, through the cranium. If we can't catch it early enough, which I, um, it it has happened. If you're feeling pressure, it's moving down or something coming out, um, the pregnancy coming out, um, then you'll want to unlock the door (laughs) to the hotel room, get your cell phone and just sit on the toilet. You don't have to look at anything. You don't have to clean anything up or nothing. Just be on the phone with us and, um, we'll kind of and you could stay on the phone with us until the doctor and nurse get there.
2: Oh, good. So just go on the toilet if I'm having leave Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And w- what if it what if it does come out when I'm on the toilet?
1: Just you don't gotta look down. You don't gotta do anything. The doctor and nurse will come take care of it. Um, if you feel like it's too much to see any of it, then do not let yourself look at it. Okay. okay. Um. Just. Okay. If you want to cover yourself, even with like a towel or something. Okay. Go ahead. If you're one of those lucky people that has no pain with contractions, and all of a sudden you're like, ah, something's coming out, and you sit on the I toilet, hope. okay, and you call us, and you unlock the hotel room, and we come in and we take care of you.
2: If I'm on the toilet, yeah. and it pops out, and it's in the toilet, yeah. what, what do I do?
1: You would just sit there, and you would stay there. Okay. And you would not move until we come and get you.
2: Okay, I mean, I don't have to worry about, like,
1: taking it, it out or anything. You don't have to clean anything. You don't have to do anything.
2: Okay, you yeah. will You will do Okay. You take care of everything. <laughs>
0: Well, speak for itself. Last video. The next one. That one more. Sir? Semester. Uh, first semester. First trimester, I mean. <laughs>
3: My name is Dr. Anthony Levitino. I'm a practicing obstetrician-gynecologist and I've performed over 1,200 abortions. Today I'm going to describe a first trimester surgical abortion called suction DNC, dilatation and curatage. This is the most frequently performed abortion and is used typically from 5 to 13 weeks of pregnancy. After administering anesthesia, the abortionist uses a speculum like this. This is placed inside the vagina and opened using this screw on the side, allowing the abortionist to see the cervix, the entrance to the uterus. The cervix acts as a gate that stays closed for the duration of pregnancy, protecting the baby until it is ready for birth. The abortionist uses a series of metal rods called dilators, like these, which increase in thickness and inserts them into the cervix to dilate it, gaining access to the inside of the uterus where the baby resides. The baby has a heartbeat, fingers, toes, arms, and legs, but its bones are still weak and fragile. The abortionist takes a suction catheter like this one. This is a 14 French suction catheter. It's clear plastic, about 9 inches long, and it has a hole through the center. It is inserted through the cervix into the uterus. The suction machine is then turned on with a force 10 to 20 times more powerful than your household vacuum cleaner. The baby is rapidly torn apart by the force of the suction and squeeze through this tubing down into the suction machine, followed by the placenta. Though the uterus is mostly emptied at this point, one of the risks of a suction DNC is incomplete abortion, essentially pieces of the baby or placenta left behind. This can lead to infection or bleeding. In an attempt to prevent this, the abortionist uses a curette to scrape a lining of the uterus. The curette is basically a long-handled curved blade. Once the uterus is empty, the speculum is removed and the abortion is complete. The risks of suction DNC include perforation or laceration of the uterus or cervix, potentially damaging intestine, bladder, and nearby blood vessels, hemorrhage, infection, and in rare instances, even death. Future pregnancies are also at a greater risk for loss or premature delivery due to abortion-related trauma and injury to the cervix. As I mentioned at the beginning, I'm Dr. Anthony Levitino, and in the early part of my career as an OBGYN, I performed over 1,200 abortions. One day, after completing one of those abortions, I looked at the remains of a preborn child whose life I had ended, and all I could see was someone's son or daughter. I came to realize that killing a baby at any stage of pregnancy for any reason is wrong. I want you to know today, no matter where you're at or what you've done, you can change. Make a decision today to protect the preborn. Thank you for your time. I will no longer do any more abortions. When you finally figure out
0: Okay. Go back to the PowerPoint. Thank you. <clears throat> Next slide. For the sake of time we're gonna look at um Proverbs twenty four. Proverbs twenty-four, eleven, yeah, eleven and twelve. You got it, Matthew. Would you read it? goods. Thank you. See, the Scripture is saying our responsibility here. You see it. See, but that's one of the things that a lot of Christians want to be able to say is that, oh, we didn't know it. Oh, we we didn't know about this. Oh, we didn't understand. You know today. You know. You know. And moving forward, and so The point is, is that even now, and and if you are one who has had an abortion, God will forgive. God will forgive and he will bring healing and restoration. But we have to start today moving forward in truth. Matter of fact, Alveda King, she had two abortions for God really brought conviction on her heart and she repented and in her repentance she's been able to go and bring a lot of restoration and healing to women who have been deceived and heartbroken because a lot of people don't, don't understand the fullness of this and that's part of the purpose of the, of the abortion industry is that women don't fully understand what they're doing but for us who realize you're seeing today you will not be able to go forward today okay according to the word of God Here, saying, because we see clearly, the word says, rescue those who are being taken off to death and save those who are stumbling toward the slaughter. He said, but we didn't know. Yeah, we know about this. And and so how can we help rescue? You may think, okay, what can I do? Next line. I posted this on Facebook. You can save a baby's life by a simple pro-life post. By a simple pro life idea. See, have the nerve, have the boldness, at least to begin to post instead. What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? You can post? What's stopping you from posting? Huh? Come on now. We gotta start standing up and we gotta start speaking up. We gotta start doing something. We can't keep sitting around and turning the blind eye out of this, a blind ear, I'm a deaf ear. We have to do something. Look, I met him for the first time. Next slide. That's him. That's him. That's the young baby I saved. Not even knowing it. But I'm just posting as the Lord leads me. I'm posting. His name is Deshaun. Joe, his middle name is Joe because my niece, this is the baby of my niece. She had scheduled his death. She had scheduled his death the morning that she open, and she called me that day. She called me. And I rarely ever talked to my niece. She lives in Houston. My older, older brother's daughter, and she called me that afternoon. And she said, Uncle Joe, you saved my baby's life today. She said, because when I got my phone and I opened it up, the first thing Came up was your when I opened up my Facebook was your post, your post, and I want you to know that I had scheduled an appointment to have him aborted today. The appointment was today, and I was going to have him killed today, just by a post. Just by a post. He's alive. Who could you say? What babies could you say by just simply posting? Simply posting on Facebook. Simply taking a stand. It's time for Christians to wake up and stand up and speak up. Grow a freaking backbone. It's time out for cowardly Christians. I'm sorry. When my Bible says I'm more than a conqueror, what does that mean? Huh? I gotta be cowering down. So, no, I'm more. i not just a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. That's who I am because of Christ Jesus in me, the Holy Spirit in me. He will give us a boldness. He will give us a confidence to stand. Right? I haven't mean, done all to stand. Stand against the wiles of the enemy. Right? That's what the Bible says in Ephesians. Stand your feet shod in the preparation of the gospel. Stand! Your breastplate of righteousness, stand! Having the girth, the belt of truth around you, stand! Holding up the shield of faith by which you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy, stand! By having on the helmet of salvation and finally what? wield the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We've got to stand. It's time out for being wimpy, sissy, weak, cowardly Christians. When we have the king, the God of the universe on our side. Calling us to stand. Not our strength, but his. His strength. Next slide. Next slide. How can you, what else can you do? This is the Axios Center here in Tyler. See, because we have to be pro-life on both sides. Right? Helping to stand against abortion and praise God. Abortion has been shut down in the state of Texas, but they're still going outside of, out of the state and they're still sending in the abortion pill. The fight ain't over. The fight's not over. But what can you do? Again, we have to be pro-life on the other side. These babies are born. What are we going to do? How are we going to help them? How are we going to help these moms? How are we going to help these babies? This is the Axios Center, which is on the umbrella of living alternatives, which is an incredible ministry. Started by Beth Klein. Incredible, incredible, incredible. And they have saved so many babies, right? But that's a way you can help. I give. It's like every year, God tells me to up my giving. Y'all know how much money I make. Cause I don't get paid. I don't, I live by faith. I don't know. But God gives me God take care of me. And I give, I give, I give. I don't know where my next dollar is coming from, but I give, right? I give God has took me from $50 a month to 100, 150. I'm just saying it's not a brag, but I'm just saying what you can do if you believe God and I don't know where my money's coming from. I don't know. I don't know. I don't get a paycheck. I don't do you hear me? I don't get a paycheck. But God takes care of me. And I'm saying that to you. Some of you gotta start believing God by faith. You gotta start stepping out on faith and start trusting God and asking God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Okay, because we don't talk to God on that level because we don't want to trust Him on that level, right? I don't really want to know what God will is for this situation. I just wanna keep rocking my own little Christian faith and my own little Christian walk that's safe and comfortable, that I can manage myself. If you can manage it yourself, it ain't no real walk. I'm sorry. Trust God. Ask God what you're supposed to do today. Because you have a role, okay? And it may not be my role, but you got a role to play in this fight. Because the Spirit lives in you. And I can't tell you what that role is supposed to be. But you need to ask God for yourself. The Action Center. Okay, supporting them. You can volunteer there. Praise God. Um, Tanya Rocco. Uh, a friend of mine and volunteer and a member of Colonial Hills, she reached out to me and I got her involved there. And now she's volunteering there at the Axia Center. Great, great ministry opportunity uh, in, the, in different aspects. Uh, they have a resource room and they have counseling, different things. Uh, there's hands on practical stuff where you don't even have to do a lot of if you're kind of uncomfortable because Tanya's shy and she's like, I really don't, you know, I don't like, you know, I'm kind of shy. I don't want to be up in front of people and blah, blah, blah. But they've got different things that you can do. Right. And uh, there's not up talking and interacting a lot with people, uh, uh, working and managing, and organizing like the uh, resource room. They have a lot of different things to do is the point. Uh, and there's also connected with this is a father heart, uh, which is a home for uh, single women, mothers um, that they're able to go and live. And there are volunteer opportunities there. Um, and um, next slide. And uh, they have a mobile unit. And. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, they're they're looking for uh, women to go and just kind of sit there and interact with the women as they're waiting to have their appointment to go into the uh, get an ultrasound. Uh, and I've also gone at Walmart on 64 to enter talk to the men and um, as they're waiting, because sometimes men come with the women um, to be able to kind of talk and build a relationship with them. Uh, next slide, and this is Patty and some of the volunteers there um, at the um, the um, with the mobile unit. <clears throat> uh, wonderful women that love Jesus and uh, and love love ladies. And love babies. And so there are opportunities. There are opportunities here in Tyler. And there are opportunities, again, to, um, to give, to support. And more than anything, the opportunity is to, when you see, and if, particularly if you're aware of a, a mom that's single and needing care and needing encouragement and needing prayer, uh, how do we help them? How do we help them? How do we help them? And so there are opportunities that God will bring. But my point is, even as I finish, is that Ask God. See, ask God. I'm, I'm always harping on intimacy. See, because God is a personal God. He's an intimate God. He wants to show you. He wants to speak to you. Because if he lives in you, his Holy Spirit lives in you, he wants to communicate with you. Okay? He wants, you to, he wants to tell you exactly what he wants you to do. Period. Because he is an intimate Personal God and how he uses me will most likely be different than how he uses you because he is Sensitive to how he has made us Right. He knows how he has formed you in your mother's womb. He knows your gifts. He knows your abilities He knows what the role that he has for you ask him Seek him Ask him for the courage to obey right God, give me the courage to obey you in whatever it is you want me to do. Okay? Uh, and watch what he does. Watch the boldness and the confidence that he gives to you to stand. And to, and to stand up and fight for the lives of the unborn. Um, let's see, next slide. I think I'm done. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm done. But anyway, that's Alveda King. Okay, that's Martin Luther King's niece. Okay, uh, that is a major, major. She's probably one of the most prominent or the prominent pro-life Activist in the black community, and uh, she receives a lot of hate, a lot of hate from the black community, which is mind-blowing. And so even as, as, as we end, I want to ask you to pray for my people. Pray for the black church in particular. Because we have so, we have, and I can't even explain it. People keep asking me, How, why is that? Why, why is it? You know, these, these pastors and, 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 and so much of the black church still support this, that so much of the evil that, I mean, they support the Democrat Party with all the craziness that is totally against our faith. And they hate, they, they hate God. You think I'm lying? Go, go, go look up 2012 Democrat Convention. And listen to the proposal to take God out of all the documentations and watch what happened. See, a lot of people don't understand the fullness of what's happening and the stand. But at some point, we have to wake up and see this thing is not. This is good versus evil. this is not political. When you have a party that's saying we, we, we want to take God out of everything when you have a party that's saying we want to say a, a man can be a woman and can get pregnant and men can comport can compete in women's sports and now men can go into girls bathrooms okay and locker rooms okay all this craziness that they and, and then they wrap it in politics so it forces us not to say anything because we don't want to be political we don't want to be political Play the last video uh, I mean the last um, the one on the bottom okay not the um, imago day but the last one on the on the bottom
4: and we 're done yes we are in free fall as a nation directly because of the silence of the yep. American church do you think that Germans in Germany thought that they were serving the devil. I mean, a lot of these Christians in Germany who were silent, they thought they were doing the right thing. They had bad theology. They yep. had been persuaded. Oh, Romans thirteen, Romans thirteen.
3: <laughs> One of Hitler's favorite chapters, Romans thirteen, well,
4: Church. <laughs> obviously, but but I thought to myself that there are many in the American Church today. They've been persuaded that silence is the better path. Be nice. Uh, don't be too heroic. Don't be just be nice. And I honestly think that that's the voice of the devil. This is not – there is no neutral ground. I would have stood up in Bonhoeffer's day. I would have stood up in Wilberforce's day. But God says, but you're not standing up now. You don't have the guts to go to a school board meeting and say what you think, what the Bible says about sexuality. Or or you don't have the guts to tell your neighbors that that, that you voted – for Donald Trump, because you believe in the unborn is our human beings and that you think that the, you, you're 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 crippled yep. from saying anything for all kinds of. All kinds of
0: reasons. It's good. Thank you. That's it. So the last thing is going to be song. So that's Eric Metaxas. OK, incredible, incredible author. But he's saying he said God convicted him. He said, you don't have the guts. You don't have the guts to stand. You don't have the guts to go to a school board meeting. How are you tell me you're going to stand for Bonhoeffer? He wrote a book. It's a, it's a biography on uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, Eric Metaxas. Amazing book. Amazing. Uh, and I highly recommend it. But the point is, is that he said, God told him, said, you don't even have the guts to stand up at a school board meeting. You don't have the guts, right, to talk about you voted for Donald Trump because he was the most pro-life president that we've ever had. You don't have the guts because we've been so bombarded. We've been so bombarded. But we have to ask God for the courage, guys. For the courage. And even as we, we get ready to close, I just want to end on a song. Okay, called Imago Day. And uh, as we get ready to just close out. And so, Father, even as we close out with the song, uh, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you called us uh, to stand for life because life was your idea. Even as we, we, we are reminded of your word, of your word, Lord God, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, Lord God. And that you knitted us in our mother's womb. And so, God, we just thank you for that. And we thank you that life was your idea. And we thank you that you're going to give us the courage, the courage to stand, the courage, God, to be the voice, to speak up for the voiceless, to speak up for those who are being led to the slaughter. God, and you're going to show us exactly what we can do on both sides of this whole uh, 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 life issue. That we're going to be pro-life for the pre-born and we're going to be pro-life for the post-born. God, and we thank you that you are at work in us, in your church. And uh, we thank you that you're raising up warriors to stand in your strength and in your righteousness in your courage. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Watch this video.
2: Before I was formed, I was loved and adored By a Father who knows me by name You sewed me together and buried your treasure Inside of a soul and a frame, Imago day